Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing this evening? Welcome back to OMB Reviews and back to the Welcome to Asgard podcast, episode 366, where I will give my thoughts on the new film from Hulu called Prey. It is meant to be, in a ways, a prequel as it were, to the Predator franchise. It has gotten a lot of attention. It has gotten a lot of comments made about it as well. Uh, Let's just say that there's been a a huge divide within uh, the Fellowship and within adjacent communities about whether or not this film is good, uh, whether or not the people have enjoyed this film, whether or not the film is enjoyable to begin with, and I have my own thoughts on them. I've tried to avoid as many... Uh, people's commentaries and and in-depth reviews, as great as they might be. I believe that Critical Drinker just put out a uh, breakdown of his thoughts about the film within the last day or so, and so I'm probably going to dive into that uh, at some point in the future, because if anyone knows and really knows how to break down a film, whether he likes it or not, I think Critical Drinker is definitely one of the best at that and is one of the best in the business. So I'll give my own personal thoughts about it, trying to stay as unbiased as I possibly can. But as you all know, that's not always the easiest thing in the world. Talk about some of the factors that I think might be overlooked in this film and some of the things that are obviously very much uh, appealing to me and things that are not so appealing to me as well. But before going any further, though, please make sure that you smash that like button, light up that fire button if you are watching over on Odyssey. And let's go ahead and say hello to some people in the chat. And it is indeed today. It's the vigil of the Feast of St. Lawrence, who was a martyr of the faith, Uh, but it's also a commemoration of St. Romanus, who is also a martyr, and so instead of going with the purple, which would have been for the Vigil of St. Lawrence, I decided to go with the red, because it always drives people crazy, and a lot of people always love to talk about (laughs) the background colors of choice, but remember that it always goes with the liturgical season, the liturgical calendar of the Catholic Church, and I go based on the traditional calendar, the 1962 calendar. Let's say hello to though to some people. We had input latency. What's going on, good sir? Thank you for being here. He is a member on the channel saying, hey, hey, hail peeps. Today is a good day. It is indeed a good day. Also, it's the first stream since school officially started back up as well. So back to school for me. Uh, so far, it's actually been pretty, pretty well, been pretty solid. Uh, so far, the kids are doing great. Uh, obviously, the, the first days of class are always my least favorite because they're the boring ones where you go through syllabus and technical things like that, getting them set up for things in the future. Um, it's going to be the next class, my third rotation, where I'm actually going to start to dive into some material, dive into some philosophy, some intro to philosophy, some of the, the history and background which is actually very fascinating, very interesting, as I myself am prepping the material for it. And it's, uh, yeah, very excited, very, very excited to further dive into that. But yes, back into the school mode. And so that is therefore the reason why if I have yet to send you, I know a couple people had asked for rosaries, um, and I had just remembered that like 30 minutes ago. I apologize if I have not sent one to you yet. My brain is obviously in school mode, and so when my brain's in school mode... It means that it's it's might it might be a little bit longer. It might it might be a little bit longer uh, than it typically would be. G Monkey seventy six, who is a member, hail to you, good sir. Thank you for being here. Orange Eye Reviews, who's a member, says, Ah, pray. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one as a yacha 
fan, Yacha movie fan, is that a uh, is that a genre that is of the variety of Predator? I don't really know much about that genre specifically. Uh, he says though that Orange Eye Reviews says he loved it, but also the movie seemed solid in my opinion without uh, my being a fan. Interesting. So. Uh, there seems to be some conflicting thoughts. I might, I might be reading that incorrectly. That's okay. Bongo, what is going on? He says, I'm here 37 minutes early to annoy you. You don't annoy me, except when you say that. Kalia, what's going on? Hail to you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for being a member on the channel. Abomination, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here uh, over on the Odyssey channel, repping the Odyssey fam. And remember, if you have a comment or question that you want read aloud, no matter what channel you are on, please put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin. It lets me know you're trying to get my attention. It's a bit of a code word, and it just keeps things nice and and easy and nice and, I, I would say, nice and fair as well. So again, at Odin at the very beginning of your comments, no matter what platform you're watching on, uh, with the one exception being YouTube, where if you are a YouTube member, one of the perks is that you don't have to do that. However, I do appreciate it when you do. I do have my DLive tab open up today, and so Captain J-Rod, the beer guru, I see you waving at me. I cannot promise that I will get back to DLive regularly today, but hey, I will do the very best that I can. Shout out to Captain J-Rod, the beer guru. We got Tina in the chat. Hail to you, indeed. Please make sure that you smash that like button if you want to check out her channel, where she and Stephanie B, the amazing Stephanie B, my Valkyries, they have their own stream now. That's right. They started doing YouTube, as I've said that they should for years now. Uh, Glad to see that they've finally done so. And they have a show called Soup to Nuts, as it says there, your movie-loving heretics. Uh, streaming at 7.30 p.m. this Friday. They've already got a video link to it. Make sure that you hit subscribe and that bell notification so that way you know when they go live. Gary Banjo Sandwich Worthington Hail to You says, Bray is action-packed, bloody romp in the woods with a person learning to become a warrior and facing a foe who clearly has a tech advantage but has not faced a woman. <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty much. If we had to summarize the story... I definitely think that that would be one of the best ways to describe it, right? You have that very first part, that very first half, which I think is one of the strengths of the movie, but then you also have that caveat at the very end where it's like, yeah, but it's still also clearly pushing this kind of of, of messaging as well, and, you know, I think that there's definitely something to be said for it at times being uh, a bit more heavy-handed than it needed to be, but luckily it's not... Uh, as bad as what we've seen from the MCU, for instance. I think the MCU has gone well over the line, whereas this film, it's a part of the story. It it, it gets mentioned even by name a couple of times, but in general, it's it's nothing too offensive. But I'll give my, my full thoughts about the film in just a little bit after I say hello to some people. Kalea, what's going on? Uh, she says, I didn't like Prey. Gave it a 4 out of 10. The action scenes were the only great parts. I was so darn stressed the whole movie over her dog that I wasn't able to relax. The movie pulled away too much on the gore. Yeah, I mean, I guess one could say it didn't. It was not nearly as gory as some of the other um, variations of the Predator franchise. Um, but what I will say is I think that there was still gore enough for it to fit within the universe, to fit within the genre of, of the story. There is a, (laughs) there is definitely a clear spine pulling scene, for instance, which, yeah, you may not have that happening all the time, but it does happen. So 
I don't think that that was a part for me, at least, that that took away from the film of it not being gory enough. I, I already think that in a lot of modern-day Hollywood movies, things are already a bit too much on the gory side, and we've become so desensitized to it in general. And that's the reason why, as you all know, I, and I'm always very open and honest about this, normally films when there's excessive cursing, uh, especially when there's excessive nudity, things like that, I tend to kind of p- put it down a peg because, uh, to me, it's just uh, it's just a reminder of how far the culture has fallen in various ways, how desensitized that we've come, we've become as a culture and uh, how there's better ways of being able to do things. I don't know. That's just me. Fear Fema, what's going on? Welcome. Thanks for tagging. Candy T, who is a member, saying, Hey, Odin and chat. Hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. We got uh, F. F. Hussey, or F. Huzzy. Welcome. Low Watermark says, Sleet. I assume that meant to say uh, Sleet or sweet. However, he then goes on to clarify. He says, I meant hail. I see what you did there. I see what you did there, low watermark. Thank you very much, you mad lad. Appreciate you being here. Alice McCarthy Jr., what's going on? Good sir. He says, howdy, old, and how's it going? How's Thor? Of course, I like prey. Saw it twice in English and once in Comanche. I don't know how you saw it in Comanche. I actually looked for that setting on Hulu, and it wasn't there. Uh, the only two languages that I saw were, I believe, the only two languages that I saw were English and Spanish. I did not see Comanche as a uh, as as an option. Not to mention, they speak English in the movie, so I actually wouldn't want to see it that way because I wouldn't want to see the actors on screen speaking English with some other actor doing the Comanche. I mean, maybe it's the same actress for all I know, but I don't know. That just wouldn't seem right to me. But yeah, I remember you mentioning that and I was trying to find that feature because personally, I would rather watch the film in the native language of whatever it is and then just read subtitles. But it was mostly in English. And that was one of the frustrations that I had was that there were French, uh, clearly there were French settlers that were involved with the movie. You, of course, had the Comanche as well. But like they would go between languages and they would never have subtitles for any of it. And even when you put the subtitles on when it was in English it would still put the actual language without translating. That was kind of a, a bit the, uh, I, I don't know, I, I think that was just, I think it was just a bit uh, annoying for me at the very least. So anyway, Steven says here, your thoughts on another recent arrest of Ezra Miller. What will it take for WV to replace him from Flash? Well, I think the biggest problem is the fact that he is a part of the LGBT AI plus P thousand time community. I think that ultimately that's what, that's what it comes down to. If he was a straight white male and that was all that he was, he would have been gone ages ago. But because they have to pander to all of these people, right? Because they have to pander to this new age, this new generation that we're in. Um, I guess for them, they think to themselves that it would be better for them to avoid that kind of heat. Even though, if we're being honest, the only heat they would get would be from a fake Twitter army that we know to be fake, that we know to be inauthentic. It's, it's the same group that makes people think, oh, we need to start using Latinx or Latinx, even though if you ask actual people from la- the Latino community, they will tell you, one, I, either one, what the heck is that? I've never heard of that. Or two, no, that's stupid. So it just amazes me that they continue to placate to these communities that don't actually support them and don't have any direct impact on them. For any company to listen to a Twitter mob, it just shows the incompetency of that company. Or it shows the evil of that company because it means that company knows 
because let's just be honest, there's probably a lot of smart people at top of these companies, right? You, you don't get to where you are in the business without having some type of business acumen. So it could also just be showing and portraying the evil of the people at the top by saying, hey, we know and recognize that this is fake, but we're going to use it as cover anyway. We're going to use it as an excuse. That's just downright evil, in my own humble opinion. But hey, it is what it is. We got Laura, the modern major general of the channel. What's going on, Shorty Short? How is it going? Dan Dan is a member. Hail the fellowship. Hello, family. Hello there, Dan Dan. Welcome back to the chat. We got Bruce in the chat. Hail to you, Bruce. Thanks for being here. Input latency. Again, God bless you. Mike Jackson in the chat as well. Tina Tassley, I'm going to try to stay until Steph gets here if, uh, if I can. I pulled a muscle in my dominant arm on Sunday, so I'll do my best. Steph has two late appointments. We'll get here when she can. Well, thank you very much for uh, keeping me up to date with that. And yeah, take care of whatever you need to take care of. I want my, my Valkyrie to be healthy and happy. Abomination over on Odyssey. He tagged and said, I imagine a Comanche dubbing of the movie wouldn't work out. Our eyes would be seeing Comanche characters. Our ears would be hearing Comanche language, but their lips would be moving differently. I think the uncanny valley effect would kick in and would pull us away from the movie. I totally agree. And so that's why hopefully I, I thought I saw some people mentioning that in uh, a lot of people were starting to tag when I mentioned that in the live chat. So I'm imagining that it's been uh, explained at some point. But anyway, Captain J. Rod, the beer guru over on DLive says, I don't know if you talked about this previously, but what are your thoughts on the new Munsters trailer? I haven't actually watched the whole trailer through because just seeing the clips that I've seen, I just don't want to. I, I just don't because I don't want any positive uh, feelings or thoughts of the original series because I actually like the original series. I wouldn't say I was a diehard fan. But when it was on, I would typically watch it when I was younger. You know, my family was, we were very big on you know, TV land back in the day. And it was a fun show. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see even the trailer because it just, it just looks so, so bad. Keck44, what is going on, Kalea? There we go. Um, saying it's Dante's Inferno, says Tina B. No, it, it's just red. Red for the martyrs. Or for this specific case, for the martyr, St. Romanus. Uh, John Evan Bear, tag to say, hello, sir, I'm doing well, how are you? Doing fine? Uh, let's see, Fuzzy says, you don't have to turn the red light on in my best sting, singing voice. You don't have to turn on the red light. I see what you did. Miss Minnesota hockey fan, how about a hockey player? What is going on? Hail to you. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's see, chat jumped on me like it always does. Again, please make sure that you smash that like button. You realize mean a lot. Keely Chow is a member, hail to you. Thank you for being here. John Evan Bear, I have seen Bullet Train. Well, hopefully you enjoyed it, as it is a quite quite the enjoyable film, and I highly recommend everyone to go see it, especially to help out the box office, because I think it's a film that deserves money. Um, anyway, thank you all very much. Let's see. Alex Parley says, you're swimming in a pool of Kool-Aid today. No. No, no, no. To be morbid, I, I could say that the most accurate, since the red is for specifically uh, the Feast of a Martyr, if anything, I'm swimming in the blood of the martyrs. And that's not a bad place to be. Not a bad place to be. Joey Horn, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. On Olivian, what's going on? Uh, people have differing opinions on that. I think Mahler is fantastic. He's just a bit too long-winded for me. <laughs> when it comes to, like, individual reviews. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Leslie Tarkin. What's going on, Leslie Tarkin? Thank you for being here. 
appreciate it. Kalia likes the red. Glad to hear that. Orange Hat says, you look like you left half your face out in the sun on for too long. Interesting. Mike Jackson, oh, didn't even have to turn on the red light. I see there's a pattern here. Scott McKenzie, hail to you. Thank you for being here. Ipulainsi says, oh, wow, I didn't think you'd read the comment from an hour and a half before the stream started. Uh, double hellos tonight, I suppose. Yeah, uh, because of the setup that I have now, I am able to pull up the actual live chat box. And so that's the reason why I'm able to actually see who the members are in a more direct way. And also able to see chats from the very beginning of the stream. By the way, I did see the Mad Lad Low Watermark Gift 5 Army of Asgard memberships. Thank you so very much for that. So uh, shout out to Blazin 64 Whitefall, Super Anime Gamer, uh, 8 Sierra, and Dragon Bricks for becoming new members. Uh, Dan Galang, tag to say, hope you are all well and blessed. God bless you. Leslie Darkin, have you thought about doing streams on philosophy? I thought about doing a dedicated, uh, you know, religion theology uh, stream in some in some sense or even a channel. The problem is I just don't have time. I barely have time for my news and politics channel, OMB Reviews, or rather OMB Report. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've thought about it, but I just don't have the time to dedicate to it. Um, and... The only place that that would really be fitting to have would be on the OMB Report channel. And as I said, I already just don't have enough time to do that in in the first place. The only thing that I think about potentially having some time for would be to have a, have like a third channel where it's not about content, but it's more about recording certain prayers or, or recording the readings of certain maybe saints histories or, or something like that. There's a great channel, Census Fidelium, which does readings from uh, Don Prosper Garanger who uh, did the liturgical year where he wrote basically breakdowns and explanations for every single day in the liturgical year. Uh, I believe he only officially wrote nine of the volumes in the 12 sets. Um, and then the others were written by those who were part of the same school because he passed away before he could finish them. Um, so it's all still within the same, uh, you know, the same style, the same uh, spirit as it were. But uh, that's the kind of thing that I, I would think about doing potentially because that would be me praying, but then just having to record said prayer, things like that. Hardwick says, Critical Dranger released two videos on Prey, initial thoughts, video, and full review. Okay. Thank you for that. I, I didn't need that clarification. Uh, J.S. Pena says, a Yacha is the predator's species. Ah, Yes. See, I am not a Predator expert by any means. I like the first Predator film. I, I I don't think I've... I don't know if I've even... I can't remember if I've even seen Predator 2 or 3. And uh, I've seen Alien vs. Predator. The first one. And that's about it. That's about it. So, I am not an expert. Uh, Kalia is hailing again. Stop hailing! Tag people if you're hailing someone else! Kalia, how dare you? <laughs> you're a member! Uh, Hardwick says, I'd recommend uh, Altiori's review of Prey. It's quite in-depth. I mean, I don't really need to go into in-depth reviews of other people because I have my own thoughts on it. And again, I would like to support uh, or watch The Critical Drinkers because I would like to support The Critical Drinkers review. And because I just like him in general, uh, I don't really feel like I need an in-depth review of a film that I've already seen. 
Uh, Geek Truth, what's going on? Welcome. We got Mr. Roy, hail to you. James Hurley tagging. Uh, Grace Randolph is a massive bully and liar, and will spin box office news and say, Bullet Train bombed because she hated it, and she said, no one liked The Suicide Squad. I know you're not a fan. Well, The Suicide Squad was just not a very good movie, so I actually would agree, at least to some extent on that. There were fans of that movie, though. That's where she's wrong. There were absolutely people that liked the comedy of The Suicide Squad, but the box office for that film indicated that it was a very narrow fan base. We really don't know at this point exactly where Bullet Train is going to end up because it could have a similar effect as uh, as like an Elvis, for instance. It could have a similar effect as an Elvis and uh, could potentially do very well from week to week um, and make its money back, make maybe make a little bit of profit as well. But we'll have to wait and see what those second weekend numbers look like and what those uh, you know those general what what kind of percentage drop off we're looking at as well. I think that that is definitely something that is uh, one thing that I'm going to be looking at. And especially, I think, a good uh, direct comparison between this and Elvis, just as far as the actual numbers are concerned, I think could end up giving us a pretty good idea. Now, it's a little bit too early because we only have so much data to actually be able to to crunch through. Uh, but, for instance, uh, at, at this same point in the release, Elvis had opened to, let's see, $31 million, whereas Bullet Train opened to thirty. At this point in the same release with the Monday numbers, Bullet Train's at 32, whereas Elvis at the same time was at 35. So Elvis definitely had some pretty strong numbers. Um, I will also uh, also point out that Elvis came out over the summer, so it definitely had a lot more going for it as far as uh, being able to have stronger daily performances. So I think that the weekend numbers are going to be a bigger factor in Bullet Train's numbers versus the daily numbers, uh, in which for Elvis, having the the summer box office was able to be a pretty big help there. Orange chat. Uh, okay, yeah, so people have already been able to clarify that for me. Keely Chow, please pray for those who like pineapple on pizza every day. Emblazon64, hail to you. Thank you very much for being here. Um, let's see. We'll get through a few more chats, and then we'll I'll, I'll dive into my, my thoughts and review of, of the film. Let's see. Abomination says, imagine a Comanche. Oh, I got that one already. Abomination says, sorry, I figured someone would answer before I could. I didn't want to get you too stuck reading the same message over and over. Yacha's name. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I got that. I got that. So, uh, well, you, you could have, you could have taken the first message you posted and then just tagged and reposted. I know it seems arbitrary, but hey, we have rules here. We have rules in this house, and I think it's important that we, that we follow them. But Abomination, I always appreciate you supporting that Odyssey fam. George Bonnie 90 welcome to the chat. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, Kalea says, that's true, but I'm a Predator fan and I need the gore. Seemed more like a PG-13 movie than an R film. And I guess that's where I kind of find a, a bit of a disconnect in a, in, a, in a certain way. Like, to me, I don't think that, you know, for some people, that might be what defines a film right is like oh the gore is what defines it it's like no i feel like the predator films have always much more been about the competition between the hunter and the hunted the uh the the different strategies used between the hunted and the hunt uh, the hunter and the hunted right those roles switching over um trying to figure things out right that's what it's been about the gore is just a secondary element so for some people, the gore, I think, is definitely a, a very important secondary element. But I think if, if if you think about it, if you base your entire liking of a film, or at the very least, a large portion of the liking of your film, over how gory it is, 
again, I that that is a uh, just a bit too of of a of, of a subjective uh, viewpoint. That's why you know typically we hear the mindset of you know oh well if they made a PG thirteen Deadpool film then it would kind of just you know defeat the whole purpose of it. And I think that makes a lot of sense, especially since Deadpool specifically as a character is known for the language of not only just the violence, but the language as well. So I feel like there's a little bit more to that character. Whereas with predator, yes, violence has always been a, a big part of it, but I feel like it's, it's more of a secondary feature. And again, we can have differing agreements on, on that. Of course, let's see. Cleavis McDonald, uh, wishing you and your house hold an abundance of wealth and good health. That is all. Well, thank you, Cleavis. I appreciate it. Yeah. The wife is out of town. Uh, she's out in uh, Arizona for, for work. So I'm all alone taking care of baby Thor. Uh, first day of that was today. Full full day of that was today. So uh, a bit rough in the morning, but overall, not too bad. Let's see. Geek Truth says, I think Prey's third act was the weakest. It wasn't bad, but it could have been better. Cool. Father says, saw Bullet Train today and was blown away. Boom. Father, coming in. Coming in hot. And yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Orange Eye Reviews, the Komachi dub is at the bottom of the info screen. Okay, gotcha. So, again, it is a dub version. Can't say I'm all that excited for it. Uh, J.S. Pena, there is no reason to, there is no reason to spam the same message over and over again. I do not read the chat as it's going by. I fall behind in the chat. And you've been here long enough, J.S. Pena, to know this. I'm at 710 in the chat. Ooh, I just hit my microphone. Sorry if that made a sound. I'm at 710 in the chat right now. It's 725. All right? I'm behind. So don't don't spam, please. All right? I occasionally look to the live chat, but mostly it's to look over to see and make sure that there isn't anything bad going on, uh, like the, the stream is, you know, going out or things like that. Don't don't spam. There's no need for that. All right. John Evan Bear, time to say, from the plot synopsis of Prey, it's really unrealistic that a Native American woman would go against her role as a gatherer in that time period. I know because I'm Aboriginal myself. Yeah, and I guess that with that comment, I will go ahead then and, and just dive into my own personal thoughts about the, the film itself. Let me go ahead and get that screen prepped up. So... When it comes to the film Prey, just got to see that uh, last night and was able to finish it today. Uh, the first thing that I will say about the film is it is a mixed bag. There are a lot of things that I really, really enjoyed about this movie. I think that the action in this movie was superb. You know, even if it doesn't have the gore, which I know many people, especially those in the chat, have said is, is a big part of what Predator is to them, even though it didn't have nearly as much gore as maybe some of the other films did, even though it is still labeled as a rated R film, at least according to the, the poster here. I still think that the action sequences, the fight sequences, were incredibly well done. And not only did that have a lot to do with the fact that they had a top-notch stunt team, some of the fight sequences, especially with the Comanches fighting fighting uh, the Predator, were just phenomenal. I mean, the sliding around on the ground, uh, just so some of the, the ways in which they were able to, to move around and maneuver were awesome, and they looked fantastic. So kudos to the stunt team who did a fantastic job. Every single fight sequence looked fantastic because of those stunt workers. But in addition to that, there's another major factor that I really thoroughly enjoyed, and I noticed it from essentially the very beginning of the film, and that is the cinematography. The cinematography on this film is fantastic. 
The cinematography is downright beautiful. I mean, there's some very well-crafted, well-framed uh, shots of the just the environment, right? The scope of the world that they live in. Um, it's always great to create that sense of atmosphere, and I think that the cinematography was able to absolutely do that. Uh, let's see here. Cinematography was done by someone named Jeff Cutter. I don't know much about his work, and since there isn't a link, it doesn't sound like he is one who um, likely has done a whole lot. But hey, I will say kudos to him. Kudos to Jeff Cutter for making a beautiful-looking movie. So again, I think the cinematography was gorgeous, and in addition to, and in combination with my first comment about the uh, about the stunt teams, a big part of the stunt teams looking really good was also really great film work. As I said, just when you have the actors sliding around or the stunt people sliding around on the ground and doing all of their the, the different maneuvers that they are doing in these fight sequences, having the camera move around the way it did looked really good. It looked very natural. It didn't have a lot of shaky cam to it, or at least nothing noticeably uh, as far as shaky cam is concerned. I like the fact that they are clearly using a lot of real environments and not overusing a lot of, or at least from the eye, it doesn't look like they are, using uh, too much of the, the CGI blue screen that is so often and so commonly used in a lot of, a lot of the modern-day action films, especially those of the MCU. And so I think there's a lot of stuff that's worthy of praise. And so I think that if you are someone that is very big into cinematography, uh, very big into action sequences and stunt teams, I think that this is a film that you are probably going to be able to enjoy because when the Comanche Warriors are fighting, you're like, oh, dang, this, this is pretty awesome. This is pretty great. This is pretty well done. So great cinematography, great stunt work going on as well. Can't say that I really remember Anything as far as a score is concerned, apparently it was composed by Sarah uh, Schachner. Uh, I didn't, don't really know much about her in general. I can't say that I remembered all that much, which means that, hey, it probably then did its job. If a score is not distracting, and if it is complimentary, meaning that it doesn't take away from the film, but rather supports it, that's one of the signs of a good, of, of a good score, right? There's two signs of a, of a good score. One is if it supports the film, doesn't distract away from it, and does that job. The other is if it's iconic and a character in and of itself, right? You can have either one of those factors, and the score is good because of that. Because there are sometimes scores where they try to be the other, right? They try to be the iconic score that's a character in and of itself, and sometimes it doesn't work out very well, right? Because the score isn't very good. But for this, and in this case, I can say that the score, I think, does its job. I think it does its job very well by simply supporting all of the scenes and all of the action that you see on screen. Another thing that I think is also a a strong point of the film is most of the acting in the film. So that is not only something where we give a kudos to the actors, but also something that we give a kudos to the director, who's actually a director that I think has done some pretty good work. So the director, Dan uh, Trachtenberg, for those that maybe don't know a lot about him, for films, he did 10 Cloverfield Lane back in 2016. I'm personally a big fan of that movie. I know that some people might hate it because of its connection to J.J. Abrams, and some people didn't like it because of it seeming to shoehorn in the Cloverfield uh, world into the movie, but that's actually one of the reasons why I love it, because it's an entirely unique and distinct film that happens to take place in the same universe as Cloverfield. 
And I, I thought it was a great movie. I'm sad that The Cloverfield Paradox, the third film in that franchise, sucked and did a terrible job. Uh, because 10 Cloverfield Lane just did such a good job. But this is the guy that did that film. And so knowing that he had already had a solid film under his belt, I can say that Prey is yet another, as far as it as a film, right, from looking at it from those technical aspects, another solid film that he has under his belt as well. You can also see that he's got done some work in TV. He's done a Black Mirror episode. He's done an episode of The Boys as well. I've not heard of The Lost Symbol, but he has done that as well. So he doesn't have a very large, uh, you know, he doesn't have a very large filmography. But from what he's done, he's shown himself to be, uh, again, a pretty solid guy. As far as the writers are concerned, similar story. Not a lot of credits to this guy's name. But this guy, who was the writer of the screenplay, uh, screenplay uh, no pun intended, screenplay, of the screenplay, Patrick Eisen, or, or Patrick Ason, he, before this, had done an episode of Treadstone, which I don't know much about. But also, he did a couple of the stories, the teleplay of the story, for Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, the 2018 series on uh, Amazon Prime, which I know a lot of people have tel- told me is, is pretty good. So uh, even though he's got very little work, the work has been seemingly pretty solid. So cinematography, I thought, was pretty solid. The direction, I think, was pretty solid. And most of the acting was pretty solid as well. Not to mention, I thought that the design for the Predator looked pretty good to me. It looked pretty good to me. And again, I'm not a diehard Predator fan, so if it looks different than the other Predators or anything like that, I wouldn't know. But I thought that it looked pretty well. I think that, and I appreciate the fact that they seem to, at least to my eye, use, on most occasions it seemed, some type of uh, practical effects suit which I always appreciate and always love. And whenever we saw that, it looked fantastic. Some of the CGI, especially when the Predator is jumping around from trees and stuff, was a, a little bit, I don't know, a little bit soft. Uh, it didn't look crisp and clean. It just didn't look very realistic in certain respects. And so I think I had some issues with that. Um, but for the most part, I guess the CGI wasn't all that distracting. I thought that uh, the invisible uh, Predator, I think that effect actually worked out very well and actually looked very good as well. Now, some of the bads and some of the negatives that I have with it really come down to a, a couple of different factors. All right, so one of the factors that I, I was not as as fond of when it comes to this movie was the um, was the fact that if you think about this movie and you think about this film within the context of the entire Predator franchise, it is hard, I think, to wrap one's head around the fact that you've got military guys in the first Predator film who can't seem to defeat or be able to figure out this Predator. But a group of really, at at max, as far as the numbers are concerned, I think the, the max number of Comanche fighters that were fighting it at one point was three or four. And most of the damage ended up being done by two? I don't know. I, I, I have some questions about that. There are, those are moments where it's very hard to suspend that, that disbelief, right? It's very hard to buy into that. Not to mention, of course, the elephant in the room being the fact that this story revolves around a female Comanche warrior. I know that some people have pointed out that that would not have been realistic for that time frame, I wouldn't know. 
I don't know much about that time frame, nor do I know much about the Comanches in general. But to me, as a general audience member, to say, oh, they're saying just one random woman in the Comanche and this specific tribe may have had aspirations of being a warrior. For me, again, as an outsider, I could buy that. Be one thing if it was like, oh, okay, you know, every single one of them is trying to find and, you know, fight for their rights and everything like that. But this one, it does it, it does it in a bit more of a natural way, right? There are those moments. There are those moments when they make comments about her being a woman, um, basically, you know, without necessarily using those specific terms, but essentially pointing out that she's a woman, it's not really her place to do this, etc. But they also recognize the fact that she is very talented when it comes to medicine and when it comes to tracking, and also that she is a good fighter. They do recognize that fact. She does actually end up fighting some of them and uh, doesn't necessarily win right out. Uh, she's, she's definitely not someone who is OP all the time, um, and I think that that's good as far as character development is concerned because in modern-day Hollywood, if if a you know J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson or one of those people had gotten their hands on it, uh, she would have been the bestest of the best all the time. And that doesn't really show, I think, nearly as much. I think instead, what her character does is it goes on a very interesting arc, and it leads to her showing that it's not the strength that she has that is going to be able to win the day because, again, the difference between men and women, biologically, very different. But she is going to be able to use her cunning. She's going to be able to use her uh, knowledge of of the the forest, right? Knowledge of the area of the land. Again, it's been established that she's a very good tracker, that she's very good at seeing things from a certain perspective. And so I think that it does end up making that final fight sequence featuring her a little bit more so on that that realistic side than it could have been, right? I definitely still have some issues with it. I definitely think that's like okay. So you're saying that all of the men that try to fight him. All the men fall pretty easily, except for her brother. I think it was her brother uh, who does, like, a really great job. Like, one of the best fight sequences is the fight sequence between uh, her brother um, and him. Like, it, it just was so great. It was so much fun. And it was it was just a lot of, of really well-done, well-shot action. But the story, getting to the weakness of the film, I think that the story is indeed a weakness because... I think having it set at this time frame and this time period, after what we've seen already established in previous Predator movies, it does make a lot of the things that happen to you know a little bit uh, you know hard to actually accept. But what I will say is that luckily the story does not really hit you over the head all that much with any type of messaging, and has a lot of action sequences that are really well done that kind of just make up for it and distract you away from the fact that they even made a comment in the first place. So if I had to give this film a grade, I think uh, right now I think I'm going to give the film a, uh, a B minus. And the reason why I'm going B minus and not higher with the, with the scoring of the film is because when I was starting to watch it last night, even though it's only a 90 minute movie, I was starting to get pretty sleepy. Now I kind of wonder if I were to watch it again, uh, especially kind of knowing where things are going, whether or not that would still be the case. But there were some boring parts, or at least it did seem to go on a bit too long in certain respects and in certain parts of the film. And I think pacing then was, at times, maybe not as as, cre- as clean or crisp as it could have been. So, yeah, I'm going to give this film a B-. minus. Definitely don't think that it's terrible. Um, I think that the people who are you know kind of pushing that as it being you know, a woke uh, disaster, I don't think that's true. I think that they are letting the marketing for the film 
influence their view of this movie. Again, that's not saying that there aren't those elements that might be within the movie within a line or two, but that's not what the film is about, and that's not really what the film pushes. I think the marketing did a lot of disservice to this movie. I think the marketing did a lot of damage to this movie. And, uh, yeah, if you have Hulu, I think that it's worth checking out. It's worth taking a look at. Um, And I thought that the way in which the Comanche especially were portrayed were interesting, too. But that also brings up, I guess, one of the last more nitpick uh, criticisms that I have. As I said, most of the actors were good. The supporting cast had some some problems. Uh, I think one of the things that they tried to do is, I believe, all of the Comanches were actually, um, if not Comanche themselves, then uh, they were actually Native Americans or had Native American heritage. The problem that you fall into when you have that type of restriction Um, when you have that type of myopic view is that sometimes it does limit your options. So I think they did a good job with their main star, Amber, uh, mid thunder. I thought that, uh, she did a a great job. I think that she did a, uh, a great job with the role that she had. I knew that I I thought she, I thought she looked familiar. So it says here that she was on Legion. Okay. So that's probably where I remember her from was the FX series Legion. But anyway, I think prey is, is overall a pretty good time. It's not the best film in the world. It's not complete and utter trash either. And so, yeah, I would say if you have uh, if you have Hulu, then it uh, is one that I think might be worth seeing. Um, I, I would also say avoid the trailer if you can and uh, avoid those who are allowing the trailer to influence the way they view the film. Again, it's one thing to have legit genuine criticism because there is definitely criticism to be had on that story. And I think that story is going to be where a lot of people are make or break. For me, it was definitely not great, but it was not a break for me. But I can understand why, for a lot of people, it could very well be a breaking point. Uh, because there are definitely some some moments in there that you do need to have. Again, it's a movie, right? You need to have that suspension of disbelief. And sometimes it's able to pull that off. Sometimes it is not. All right. Anyway, those are my thoughts about the film Prey. Let's go ahead and get back into the chat. Let us see what we had going on here. Let's see. Abomination says, oh, it says they shot a Comanche language version. Maybe it's not a redub. Wonder how much the multiple shots cost. Oh, dang. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's definitely something that I would uh, be interested in in checking out uh, for sure. It says filming took place around Calgary during summer 2021 with both an all-English and all Comanche language versions of the screenplay being shot. Okay, I will say, doesn't change my grade, but that that gives me a heck of a lot of respect for this movie now. I mean, think about this. They essentially released two versions of the movie. It's one thing to have a redubbed version, to have a sequence shot in this in the same way or with the same sequences or the same lines but you have it shot one time in English and one time in Comanche, I I think that's impressive. That's not very common. You don't have that happen very often. Um, So, hey, that actually... So, again, that's what is saying right here on the Wikipedia page. So, yeah, I'm actually interested in that. I'd actually be intrigued. I would be interested in me watching it in in the all-Comanche version, to be perfectly honest. I'm wondering... Because sometimes what happens is that actors... um, not to say that this is true of those actors, because I, I doubt that they were not native English-speaking actors, just is my guess. 
Um, but it is always interesting to see how sometimes when people are acting in their native language, they're better than when they are in their second language or something to that effect. So, again, I don't think that would be the case in this specific movie, but it would be interesting nonetheless. And again, I think that is pretty impressive of them to have shot uh, multiple sequences um, in that way. And again, it's only a 90-minute movie. There aren't a lot of those sequences where they would have been speaking to be to be have to have been redone right it's not a it's not really a um, a talking movie right it's not like a tarantino film where it's all dialogue it's not a dialogue driven film but there's still enough dialogue to where that that's again that's that's pretty impressive not going to lie that's pretty pretty impressive anyway let's go back into uh the chat let's see over on uh, let's get through the odyssey and then we'll get back into the uh youtube chat See, Bible Nation says, I can't get by the idea of spiritual interactions. Lots of lore we got about natives back when we had them talking to spirits. I was expecting them to see the cloaked predator and think it's an angry spirit. So if they decided to attack it, I find it very strange. I didn't see the movie. Well, I, I, I guess are you trying to say that for you, you wouldn't understand. You don't like you don't understand why they wouldn't have viewed it as a spirit instead. I think it really comes down to they really have a strong focus. And this is where the story is very strong. This this focus, this almost coming of age story in a lot of ways uh, on multiple fronts, on multiple levels. And it's, I think, meant to convey rather that when they see this stuff going on and when they see the damage going on, they can tell that this is a predator. And that's something, right, that I think the film is sometimes a bit on the nose with, which might drive some people crazy, is that they're constantly showing the predator-prey dynamic. So they have a sequence with a lion, a sequence with a wolf, a sequence with a bear as well. And so when the predator comes in, what the predator is showing is that it is the king, right? It is the ultimate predator. And so because of the way they're presenting that, it seems then to make sense that they would have looked at this creature that they didn't know what it was as simply another predator, not necessarily as anything else. Also, there's tracks as well, right? The largest tracks that they've ever seen. So, yeah, I think that's interesting. Uh, Scott McKenzie, as I said, it, it again, based on the Wikipedia article, it says there in the Wikipedia article that they have a both all English and all Comanche language version of the screenplay being shot. That, that would seem to indicate that they would not have done a uh, that they would not have done a uh, dub version. Let's see if they have maybe a little bit more here on the language. It says, uh, Tractor Bird said they discussed whether they should start the film with characters speaking uh, the Comanche language before switching to English for the benefit of the audience, similar to the Russian language film uh, Hunt for Red October. They considered doing something similar at first, but ultimately the film did not work. The film was shot in English and Comanche, with the entire cast performing an alternate all-Comanche dub of the film. Both language versions are available on Hulu. Okay, so they say dub. I don't think that's the, that is not the correct way to label it based off of how they're describing it. Because the way they're describing it sounds like, no, the actors who were speaking English, right, the natives who were speaking English, shot another scene and another sequence where they were speaking the Comanche instead. So, again, that at least again, that's according to according to the wiki here, and uh, it sounds like they uh, are either saying it correctly or they are just not explaining that uh, as clearly as they need to. 
Let's see. And then Abomination said over on Odyssey, uh, natives were not all friends with each other. I hope they're not trying to typecast and then they hire someone who's closely related as an enemy of the Comanches. That would be the opposite of what they were trying to do. As I said, again, I, I don't have enough time to really dive further into the article to say one way or the other. And so I'll, I'll let you dive into the article yourself to find out more about it if you care that as much as you do. As regards, he says, you have to go to the extras. The mouths look like they go along with the Comanche language. So yeah, again, according to the Wikipedia article, they shot the film uh, in, in both languages. All right? So... Let's see what uh, the, the direct article here uh, says. Had his work cut, uh, cut out for him. The film takes place 300 years ago. Going back, original Predator spoke with them. So it says here, really important for, to me being Comanche and working with our Comanche language department, also working with the Comanche language speakers. But just the fact that people have a choice... The world will have a choice to listen to the whole film in Comanche is amazing. You read that right. Audience will have an opportunity to watch Prey in Comanche and hear the characters speak as they would have 300 years ago. So, again, the way that is described, that that would make no sense if it was just a simple dub over the English language. That would make no sense whatsoever. So I think the people saying that it's just a dub, like that it's just someone speaking the language over the English shot... That's not what information that we have right here. Again, I have not seen this version of it yet, but that just wouldn't make any sense. All right. Back to the YouTube chat. Uh, Orange Hour Views says, the subtitles were a huge gripe for the moviegoers. Uh, interesting. I didn't know that uh, Prey had been released in theaters. I, I, I knew it was on Hulu. I'm assuming it had a limited theatrical release. Um the f- whenever people complain about subtitles, that always uh, drives me crazy. Or if you're talking, again, for context, this was back at 7-Eleven. If you're talking about when the French are speaking and they don't have the subtitles, then yes. I w- yeah, I think that that is definitely something that is worth uh, criticizing, to say the least. All right. Chad is going to jump on me like it always does. Uh, some comments may have been skipped because YouTube sucks. Uh, it's 7-20 in the chat. It's 7.50 in real life. I am 30 minutes behind, people. Again, 30 minutes behind, people. So bear with me. Don't uh, don't have to repeat yourselves or anything like that, all right? Alex McCarthy says, I like The Suicide Squad. Well, we know you do. You you enjoy terrible films. Uh, JKDBuck76, which movie was better, True Grit with John Wayne or True Grit with Jeff Bridges? Um, I, I actually prefer i prefer the newer one and it comes down simply to technology to be perfectly honest i just like how crisp and clean the newer true grit looks nothing against john wayne or anyone else i just again that's just a preference thing uh tina thinks that elvis is on hbo max already yeah i'm not sure it might be it very well might be i think uh, Warner Brothers still has the 45-day theatrical window, and so it's I'm pretty sure it's been 45 days at least for Elvis. Um, let me see if I can try to, to pull that up on the uh, good old uh, numbers here. Yep, 46 days of release, so it should have just been released. So yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. But the real question is, do you want to watch it to see Tom Hanks go like... We are both like little children. Anyway, Hardwick, have you ever seen the video of Gary Busey in Predator 2 explaining the true nature of the Predator? It's brilliant. I have not. I uh, don't really 
care much about it, to be honest. So don't worry about sending it to me. Forever Sci-Fi, hail to you. Thanks for being here. Cleafus says, Odin, I ain't got time to bleed, Jesse the Body Ventura. Robert Frey, welcome to the chat. Thank you for being here. Laura says, Context Frey, the French were more likely to marry or convert Native Americans, so it's unfortunate that the trappers were portrayed as jerks, but every nationality has jerks. Very, very true. Very, very true. Uh, I, it didn't really come across, to me at least, that they were trying to portray the, uh, the French as all being evil, but I think that when they are the only white characters in the movie... Um, there is at least one of the French who turns out to actually be a pretty decent guy. Um, but yeah, I think that one could definitely could definitely read into that, uh, to say the least. Uh, Miss Minnesota Hockey fan says, fun fact, John Wayne had an Airedale Terrier named Duke. I think that's where his nickname of Duke came from. Or he named it after his nickname Duke. Either one. I don't know the answer. I'm sure someone in the chat will. Jake Box 76 when I see the red light, it takes me back to Star Trek. Uh, Wrath of Khan, you're on the bridge of the Enterprise and Kirk called Red Alerts. I love that movie. Well, I mean, you could also theoretically think of almost any Star Trek whenever they go to battle stations or Red Alert. Uh, John Evan Bear, I really like Bullet Train. I really hope it has small drops next week. Agreed, John Evan Bear. I think it's a phenomenal film. Uh, a lot of fun. Most fun that I've had in a very long time. And I hope it does well. Bryant Barth, welcome back to the channel. J.K.D. Buck, the missus and I watched The Gray Man. It was like Hong Kong action flick, but with Caucasians. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, there, there were some things that I really liked, but the, the CG for me was, was one of those big issues that I had. 13 Lives was really good, says J.K.D. Buck, 76. Uh, let's see, Hardwick says, in real life, the French trappers didn't start killing many buffalo until about a century after the movie set, and they used the meat rather than leaving it to rot. Uh, as I said... Uh, I take your word for it. Uh, Jeremy Zakowski, brother and I liked Prey. Uh, now if only they can make a good Alien vs. Predator film. Do we really need one? I personally don't think so. Uh, Ferris Sci-Fi, now I have the ska band say Ferris singing about spam stuck in my head. Uh, Kalia says, I did a Predator marathon on Saturday. Watched all five movies. It was awesome. I always do that with new movies in a series. Nice. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. Uh, as my mods are uh, telling everybody, make sure you put at Odin at the very beginning of your comment. At Odin does help me figure out who's trying to get my attention, unless you are a YouTube member. Let me head out back over to the DLive, DLive fam. Hopefully, y'all were patient. Uh, let's see. J-Rod said, I too love the original series, talking there about the monsters. Uh, the new Rob Zombie take is an abomination. You definitely saved yourself by not watching it. Yeah, I just, no interest in seeing it whatsoever. And then Daniel Thorne, have you tried the Little Caesars Old World uh, Fanceroni Pizza Pizza yet? It has 100 slices of classic style pepperoni. I have not, but that sounds phenomenal. That sounds delightful. Dark Shadow Logan, hail to you. Thank you for being on the uh, channel. Appreciate it. Uh, by the way, for those that might try to bring up points about historical accuracy, do realize that some movies that we also tend to like a lot aren't historically accurate. If you were a big fan of The Patriot, for instance, with Mel Gibson, you really have no complaints and cannot have any complaints about historical accuracy. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, if you are consistently hating movies that any movie that is not historically accurate or takes, you know, various uh, things. Okay, 
that that then I respect you for being consistent there. But I think that if we let that be our focus is historical accuracy, there are a ton of movies, tons of movies out there that we might actually like that historically would have been inaccurate amidst other things. That's why for me, I tend to just go into a movie just to see a film to have, you know, to be to be entertained, you know, to be entertained. Um, it has to be smart, of course. It has to be well-written, of course. But when it comes to that kind of stuff, it, it's usually, uh, you know, second fiddle to me. Unless it's a clear, blatant attempt to try to rewrite history in a certain fashion, then that's when it can become a bit bothersome. Uh, Leslie Darkin, I've seen Nightmare Alley with uh, Powers. Is that the original uh, or is that the, the newer one? Jackie D. Buck, first Predator movie was such an awesome show. Uh, not wasted, second, great movie, make it. Yeah, uh, I definitely was uh, a fan of it. Definitely liked it a lot. See him blazing, and exactly the same time, the Cloverfield movies match up in timing. Yeah, exactly. So, so cool. Yeah, I haven't seen Treadstone, but glad to hear that it's all right. The other stuff there sounded pretty good. Uh, let's see, Paul Rulo, who's a member, says, used to enjoy uh, the Dan Becomes a Man segments in the Totally Rad show on Revision uh, Revision 3. Good to see him getting director work. Oh, I didn't know it was the same guy. Kalea, I thought her brother did great. This was the first time acting ever. Yeah. Okay, okay. Good to know that. Good to know that. Because he was definitely one that I thought was a bit green. So the the so uh, in the Comanche tribe, uh, the main the basically the 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 main male character who is the brother of the main uh, female character, um, yeah, I, I, he was a bit green. So knowing that's his first role, okay. Uh, obviously, I can usually give a little bit of a pass when it comes to first roles. However, I also go I still stand by my point about if you are casting someone because of of background and not trying to find the best person to act the part. But hey, for his first role, that actually isn't bad. I've seen some pretty bad first roles from from people. Rosie G12, hail to you. I've exhausted by sequels enough already. Well, technically, this is a prequel, but I totally get it. Absolutely. We're in the age of the prequel, sequel, requel, reboot, whatever it is you want to say. I would just like a lot of new original content and original films. Totally agree. Totally agree. Rob D. Hello, Odin. Did you like Back to the Future? What's your favorite, least favorite film? Do you like DeLorean car? I love the DeLorean car. Would love uh, a bucket list item would be to own a DeLorean with the um, um, Mr. Fusion attached to it as well. It'd be awesome for us to be able to actually develop technology that uses biofuel so that you could actually put in like, maybe not like all trash, but to maybe uh, put in stuff, for instance, uh, to put in things like uh, like banana peels and leftover fruit and stuff like that. It'd be really cool if we could develop the technology for that to actually become fuel. I need fuel. Hardwick says, A small woman being uninjured by getting by slammed twice by a creature that snapped a bear's neck with one punch break suspension of disbelief for me. Again, I think you have to actually take that sequence in context uh, because you also have to remember who was being fought beforehand, the way in which she's being slammed to the ground. I, again, I, I think that it's it's beyond just if it was the same hit in the same way, you have an argument. But if it's a different hit in a different way and there's other factors surrounding that fight, including having fought previously or being injured, all of those have to be taken into account as well. Anyway... J.K.D. Buck, I liked how Blind Luck Dutch figured out accidentally that being caked in mud makes him invisible. Ironic. Yeah. 
whereas in Prey, there is a really great moment where because it's established, again, I think this is some good writing, uh, because it's established that she is very talented with medicine, she recognizes that one of the herbs that is used to help stop, uh, you know, people from bleeding out, basically, is also able to help hide. Uh, I thought that was actually pretty good. Orange hat. The difference between Predator and 87 and the one in Prey is that the 87 Predator was far more seasoned hunter. Prey's Predator specifically was on his first hunt on Earth. I think I think that's a very good point, too, Orange hat. Uh, Orange hat, I think, would be definitely a much uh, better source on, uh, on the Predator franchise, uh, much more so than me. Uh, so actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. So yeah, to have this predator fall to, uh, the smaller number of, uh, more native tribesmen basically and basic weaponry that actually would make a lot of sense. Not to mention, it does seem like many of the predators in the films typically have a, almost this implied sense of supremacy, right? And one can see just like in humans that, that sense of supremacy can make one cocky and can make one overthink things or rather not overthink things, but overthink and overplay their hands. So that actually does also help to make a lot of a sense to it as well. For sure. Uh, by the way, it is, it's eight o'clock in real life, seven thirty-seven in the chat. So again, still about 25 minutes behind in blazing. Are you assuming that predators gender um, I was looking at the abs that the uh, <laughs> that this specific one had, and I said, "Yeah, that that that's definitely a male uh, predator." Also, again, I have not seen the predator films. I don't know if they've ever established or shown a female predator. Maybe they have, um, but I feel like the vast majority that are shown in the films tend to be um, tend to be male. Geek truth. I would have bought her knowledge of the environment and what she learned through the story to take out the Predator, but since it's an action movie, they force uh, a toe-to-toe fight and it didn't work. But that's just the thing, though, is that she doesn't defeat the Predator by use of, you know, by use of force alone, right? She, she actually, she gets beaten up. It actually, you, if you pay attention to it, you actually see that her brother gets a lot more hits and they are so much more gruesome than she does. And so that's why she is forced to use her wits. That's how she is able to figure this out, is through through the use of her wits and not just raw power. So I would actually disagree with you because it's not like they have to go toe-to-toe and that's how everything happens. I think it actually does play out to be just a, 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 just a bit more nuanced than that. Again, I'm not saying it's perfect by any means. I think there are some moments where you're like, uh, okay, I'm not really buying that as much. But... I don't think it's nearly as as abrasive as some people are trying to make it out to be. Alrighty. Let's see. Forever Sci-Fi. More MAGA in the chat as well. Just randomly saying things without tagging me, so I will choose to ignore you. Forever Sci-Fi, who's a member, says, I still find it hard to believe that the Predator would even bother hunting her. Even in the first Predator movie, it established that it preferred to go after men. Well, also in this film, it does establish that it only goes after those that it considers to be a threat. So if it's uh, if someone's holding a, a gun pointed at it, for instance, or if someone is trying to literally attack it, you know, those are the things that... Uh, they established that. They established that a pretty clear precedent. And also remember, since this is a prequel, they do have a little bit of wiggle room in in what they can kind of either establish or reestablish in certain respects. 
Uh, Kalea says, what is a B minus in number form out of 10? It really doesn't have one. Um, I, and I, ah, that drives me nuts. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Kalea. It's just, it's a B minus. I'm a teacher. All right. It's a B minus. I guess you could say it's a seven out of 10. Maybe. I guess that would be it. A seven out of 10. I don't know, but it's a B minus. It's not a seven out of 10. It's a B minus. So take, take that for what it is. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Let's see. JKD Buck says, view the trailer where I live. There's real estate. That's a real estate term. Ah, ah, yes. Let's see. Hardwick says, the part where a man mocks Naru for finding cougar droppings is dumb. It makes the men unrealistically stupid to make her look good. Their hunting experience and should know basic tracking. That's just the thing, that, bro. I think I you're. I think that's an overanalyzation of that specific sequence, man. Because if you actually pay attention, you see it's not them being stupid. It's that they are. They just. They don't even care. Like their their whole concept is like if you look around, they are just wanting to fight. So they're not even giving a second thought to that. And also her brother, who's kind of like the leader of the pack, has already said, "Hey, she's a good tracker," and is basically saying, "Hey, she's going to track for us." So it's not even that they're taking a, the same look that she's looking at it with, right? They're just taking a kind of an ethereal, like, away look at it and saying, like, oh, no, that's just that or that, you know? So, again, I think the I think, I think a lot of people are being very – I think people are being over-analytical, just, over-analytical to the point of hatred for the movie. Not for any – again, I'm not trying to say or imply any intent here. I, I just think that people are hating it for the sake of hating it in certain respects. K44 says, you start off at 10, and minus a series number, 5, max 5 out of 10. Again, hey, you have a right to that opinion, of course. Uh, Michael Hill, welcome to the chat. David L says, feed River, they must have passed out uh, with not only Gru, but Maverick doing well in theaters, nowhere near the Thor top out of top 5. David L, I think you're a little bit obsessed with, with all that, to be honest. Your, your comments are always obsessed with uh, Dr. Wanda, I think is how you describe it. I think I think you might need help. <laughs> I say that out of love, uh, David. I'll thank you for being a member uh, for seven months in a row. I do appreciate that. All right, Chad has jumped on me like it always does. No comments have been skipped. Seven forty-five in the chat where I am, but it is eight oh six in real life. David L says, speaking of Predator and Prey, they could have included Jeff Epstein. Oh my goodness, bro, bra, bra. Get out of here. Orange Hour Views. I hate to break it to you, but the wiki is wrong. It is a dub. The lips move in English, but is recorded over with the Comanche language. I'm just, again, I not only is that what the wiki says, that's also not to say that I enjoy this site, but it's also what Slash Film uh, wrote about as well, based off of an interview that they did with the actual director. So, uh, anyway, let's see if they do clarify it a bit here. Because, again, I think the Wikipedia, it very well could be that the Wikipedia worded it incorrectly. So it says, according to the Slash film, Tragnumberg clarified and emphasized saying the creative team did struggle with what he called the Hunt for Red October thing, where the characters speak Russian before transitioning. He said they never quite came up with a way to make that work. So instead, the film was shot in English and Comanche. Both languages are, both languages are spoken, but when you hear English, as if it, uh, as it's as if it's Comanche, he said. But what John is speaking to is on Hulu. There will be a Comanche dub of the movie, so you can watch the entire movie in Comanche with the original actors returning to perform their roles. Again, 
Myers hopes that the prey is doing with the Comanche language will inspire other directors to follow suit and the decision to shoot the film in the tribe's native language will rest with the paradigm so when other directors people are producing films, etc. Let's see. When I first read the script, I was so excited to talk to Dan. Like, Dan, I can't wait to hear because I'm a big Predator fan, etc. So it sounds to me like they're just describing this very poorly. That's what I'm getting from all of this. So I won't be able to know until I actually see it from my own eyes and with my own eyes. So again, I'm not saying I disbelieve anybody. I'm just saying they are saying something using very specific language. And it doesn't sound like they... It doesn't sound like they know how to describe what they are trying to describe based based off of these things. Dan Dan says, put me to sleep for the first 15 minutes. Her acting was modern day, not historical period. Again, I thought her acting was solid. Uh, whether or not you thought it was of the time period or not, totally up to you whether or not you think that. I definitely agree with you on the uh, it being boring at a time. As I said, I did fall asleep the first time around about halfway through for a 90-minute movie. It definitely got long in the tooth a little bit, but overall... I think it was, again, the more I think about the film, the more I enjoy it and want to actually see it. All all the people hating on the film just make me want to go watch it again. So, hey, good for you. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to also, by the way, because of the fact that this is something that is is a bit confusing, I'm just going to skip any comments talking about the uh, Comanche versus English version because I'm... I, I just don't want to even dredge that back up again. Uh, let's see. Context moviegoers, I meant as people who watch the film. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course. Let's see. Alex McCarthy says, nope, HBO Max is done with the 45-day thing. Elvis is not on HBO Max, and I'm mad about it. Oh, no. That makes that makes me upset. Harwick, the biggest difference between the two versions, true grit, quality-wise, Haley Steinfeld's acting is far better than Kim Darby's. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld does a fantastic job. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Tina says, I don't give a flying frag about Tom Hanks. I want to see the young man cast as Elvis, who everyone is touting for an Oscar. He's the niece choice for, uh, Fade Routha. But wait a minute. So you don't care about Tom Hanks. Does that mean that you have issues with Tom Hanks? And if so, then why would you watch the movie? I'm just saying, just saying. Cause there's other films where you don't like the people who are in them, but you haven't watched them because of that. I'm just, I'm just saying. Kalei, I just checked out HBO Max. New Elvis is not on there. I do know Warner Brothers has said they aren't doing 45 days. Boo! Boo! The movie's made its money back, so why not? The one semi-likable Trapper Trapper was Italian. It was in the movie as as, uh, Predator 2 reference. His pistol was in that movie. Ah, Hardwick. Interesting. John Evan Baird, do I like South Park? Yes, I do. Very much. Even Braveheart had historical accuracy issues. Started the Flintstones. Exactly. So the whole historical accuracy thing really it really doesn't uh, mean much to me when we like so many things. Leslie Darkin. Oh, boy. Here we go. Leslie Darkin says, Star Wars A New Hope wasn't historically accurate. Darkin survived, and the Empire won at the Battle of Yavin. Ah, yes. So good. Giant X Killer says, what's your opinion on D&D the game? Never played it. Just never had much interest in it, to be honest. Nothing against it. Just never been my cup of tea. Uh, Laura says, I think I need to rewatch Tank Cloverfield Lane. I, I love it a lot. I, I love it. I love that film. It's su- it's such a well-done film. It's got great actors in it, too. Um, and I I think that the tie-in to the Cloverfield universe, I think it works. I think it works a lot. 
over on Odyssey. We is the name over there saying, I don't like how they retconned the Raphael Andalini flintlock pistol. In the comic, he was a pirate and Predator fought back to back with him against another pirate's. That would have been a great scene to be filmed. Well, I don't think it was meant to be a shot-for-shot remake of that, so I don't then really have much of of an issue when it comes to that. Let's see right here. It says about this one, um, a prequel to the first four films, standalone sequel. Okay, yeah, so this is, okay, it's a standalone sequel to the 96 comic book uh, Predator 1718. So it's a prequel to that comic, and so therefore I don't think I don't think necessarily that that matches nearly as well because of that. Grandmaster Yoda, don't buy DeLorean; they are famous for being crap and unreliable. Grandmaster Yoda, when I say I want to buy one, it's not because I want it to be my go-to drive from point A to point B car. It's because it's a DeLorean, and I love Back to the Future. Get off my back! feel like uh pitch meeting right now i'm gonna need you to get off my back right about now wow 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 uh miss minosa haga fan brave uh, braveheart is my least favorite movie of time what oh braveheart's fantastic braveheart's fantastic i i definitely uh prefer patriot to it but it's fantastic still uh by the way father luca what's going on thanks for being in the chat good sir Tag me next time, bro, because it's not a, you're not a YouTube member anymore. Harvard uh, Tad say Amber Amber Mid Thunder refused to whistle for the whistling scene in Comanche culture. Whistling is seen as inviting evil spirits, which now Ruse sees in Predator as in the movie. Interesting. Orange hats. Something that many are not taking into account is the girl put a bullet through part of the predator's head and brain. This predator barely felt its arm getting cut off. It was disoriented as well. Boom. Yes. Very good point as well. <laughs> Very good point as well. But again, people don't really want to actually break things down, bring into bring into the situation the nuances, the the actual details of the fight, because they would much rather just say, "Yeah, but it's a whim. It's a whim and fitting." This is like, no, 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 no. We, that's not that's not how we win, people. All right, we go after the very clear woke feminist drivel. We go after that. We don't go after the films where you look at it, you're like, okay, there's some things that, mm, okay, I could take or leave, but there really isn't that same type of... I mean, Charlie's Angels, for instance, the remake. Very, very clear, all right? That's the thing that we go after. That's the thing that we criticize. Pray? Again, not the right battle to have because that's when you start to lose a lot of people. Because you start to dive into it and then people say, but wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense because if you actually pay attention to the movie and pay attention to the story, what you've just said doesn't actually work. Anyway, shout out to Orange Hat Reviews. Glad that you watched the film, paid attention to it. <laughs> and again, I feel like I need to rewatch it now, especially to, to be able to find out for myself, making my own assumptions, not not your assumptions, my own assumptions about... What exactly their dubbing is like. <laughs> uh, uh, I just love having fun with that. Ibelaidsi says, 25 minutes behind, making good time. Also, this is where I head out. A friend calls on me to mod his chats. God, love you all, peeps. Hey, 
Thank you very much for, for being here as long as you can. Oh, boy. Mike Jackson trying, trying to do math for me. 7.75 out of 10 equals a B minus. Well, again, depends on your scale. Depends on your scale, all right? Because if you widen that out to a 100-point scale, guess what? If you do a 10-point scale, hey, that's a certain grade. Uh, our school actually just switched over. So it used to be that a 93 was an A. Now a 90, or actually an 89.5 is an A. So depending on your grading scale, that changes to 2. That's why, instead of doing numbers, I like the good old-fashioned letter. All right? So a B is a solid movie. A B minus is, it's a mostly solid movie. C, it's an average movie. A, it's a really good movie. That, that's, that's how those translate for me. J.K.D. Buck, female predator like Lena Dunham. Oh, I went there. Oh, no. That's low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. J.K.D. Buck, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Please make sure you all smash that like button, lap that fire button on Odyssey as well. Uh, Abomination just says, Odin about to rewatch the movie in spite, like a rebel. Exactly. Like a boss. And then when I do my... <laughs> When I do my Instagram uh, mini review, like the the review, right, the rewatch review, I'll say, this is all the people out there who were just making comments that really just didn't hold up to scrutiny that made me want to rewatch this movie, <laughs> just in spite of them. <laughs> and it's not even a movie that I love. Guys, a B- is not the highest grade that I give. This film is not likely to even make my top 10. There is a chance, however, that you could push me <laughs> to pushing up the grade to where maybe it does make my top 10. <laughs> By the way, much love to the Asgardian community. If I ever come across as salty, a, a lot of times it's met in good fun. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Let's see here. Uh, over on DLive, Dana Thorne says, Just when you thought you were safe, Predator Eyes of the Demon book and audiobooks came out today. Interesting. Uh, is the reason CGI wasn't that good in Prey because Disney owns Fox? Daniel Thor, what are we talking about? The CGI is not terrible. The CGI is not terrible. Uh, the, the specific sequences where the CGI is not nearly, it's not as polished is when the Predator's doing like the jumping around. But everything else in the movie, as far as the visual effects are concerned, it's, it's not bad. Uh, I don't have it actually, there's no reported budget on the movie, so I can't say exactly how much it costs, but again, I I can't imagine that it would have cost nearly as much as some of the other big films out there. Uh, But Daniel Thorne, thank you for the two ice cream donations. I appreciate it. That was a good one. That was a good one. All right, back over to YouTube chats. Uh, it's about 8.18, so getting closer to the end. Might end a little early, who knows? We'll see. Um, Let us see here. I think Tina B was heading out, so Tina B, thanks for hanging out for as long as you could. Stephanie B, hail to you. Thanks for being in the chat. Welcome. Uh, J.K.D. Buck, Braveheart is, so his, uh, is, is too historically accurate what Doctor is to historical accuracy. Sorry, let me start that over. Braveheart is to historical accuracy what Dr. Phil is to clinical psychology. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Forever sci-fi. Did some bored Chinese housewife recently get busted for spending 10 years making up Russian and Chinese history on Wikipedia? What? What? It's amazing. There she is. Hey, what's going on? Appreciate it. 
So, Tina, then why even watch the movie then? Why watch the movie? As I said, watch Bullet Train. If you're going to watch Elvis, I would say watch Bullet Train. I'm just saying. Just put it out there. Just, 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 just putting out the breadcrumbs, you know. It's okay, Stephanie B, to be really late. It's all good. It's all good. I don't know. I think being a perv is crazy. I think to be crazy and to be a perv are, are very much tied together because how is one not crazy if they're a perv? I don't know. Uh, Forever Sci-Fi, you mean History of the World Part 1? Uh, History of the One Part 1 could be a lie? What? A lie? Yes. It may not actually be historically accurate. It may not be historically accurate. Um, Let's see. Sorry if I can't tag you well. Working for the 70B, don't worry about tags. Appreciate you just being here. Fifth channel, Kenny Lee in the chat. What's up, brother? Rosie G having some buffering issues. Sorry. Sorry. Geek Truth. Yeah, I don't even bother giving movie ratings anymore. They are pretty arbitrary to the substance of the review. People get hung up on them instead of what you actually say about the movie. Exactly. Well, that's why I always try to have my grades reflect the nature of my reviews, right? So if I think a film is solid, um, is mostly solid, I should say, then B- makes sense. If I think it's, hey, this is solid, tight-knit, hey, B, if I think this is this is not only solid, but it's well worth your time, B+. And then if I think a film is fantastic, that's when you start to get into the A range there. So for this movie, it's like, it's a mostly solid film, and I, I would, you know, I would mildly recommend it. Mildly recommend it. J.K.D. Buck, if Master Yoda is on your back, then he's training you in the ways of the Jedi. Yes, I can be a backpack while you run. <laughs> Shout out to Bad Lip Reading out there. Good night to you, Tina. I think you're gone by this point. Thank you for hanging out. Appreciate it. All righty. Let's see. Back into the chat. Let's see. Soul Assassin, howdy. It's okay for you to be late. Could be right on time for all you know. Forever Sci-Fi, forget letters or numbers. It's smiley slash frowny stickers for me. Hey, there you go. Soul Assassin, Predator 1 is top tier. 2 and Predators are good sequels. AVP is good, but could have been better VPR. The Predator are trash. So, so here's the thing for me. Um, the, the Predator, the Shane Black movie. As someone who is not a Predator aficionado, I can't speak to it as a Predator movie. I can only speak to it as a Shane Black movie. And as a Shane Black movie, it's actually not bad. It's similar to the Iron Man 3 argument, right? There's some people that hate Iron Man 3 because it's not a very good Iron Man movie. But as a Shane Black movie, it's actually quite fun. It's the same reason why when I went to go see Iron Man 3 with with my friends... When the whole Mandarin twist happened... The comic fans were like... Stupid! Whereas me and the non-comic fans... The normies were like... (laughs) That's really funny! So, again... I think that the background of where you come from... uh, Determines a lot of those different factors. Not trying to defend the Predator as an entire movie, by the way... I'm just saying that it was fine. It was a fine film as a Shane Black movie. Can't say whether or not it was a good Predator movie. I respect anyone that says that the, uh, the Predator... Um, anyone that says that the Predator wasn't good, I understand where you're coming from. Um, I just, again, don't view it that way. A- the AVP movies, I'm, yeah, I don't like those as much. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Prey is a middle-of-the-pack movie. Again, it's B-. 
Not a great grade, not a terrible grade either. Jake and Buck, will they make a parody called Redditor or, or Predator? They should, if that is the case. Absolutely, Stephanie B. Absolutely. Crazy stuff going on. David L. says, watching Prey a third time, I will pass and watch Heat tonight in 4K. Hey, good for you, man. Good for you. I've only seen it once. So, uh, more likely, Pineapple Pizza makes Odin's top 10. <laughs> what? That will never, ever be anywhere near it. Uh, Hannibal Grimm, what's going on? Saying, Fossey, Fossey, Fossey. Cacao cookies, minion, everyone. I'm late. No problem at all. Uh, Tina had to leave early. For me, most of the GI Prey looked at least decent, but the Rattlesnake looked terribly fake. Again, yeah. Trust me. There were not perfect sequences throughout the entire movie. I'm just saying that overall, since the vast majority of what they did was practical as far as the, the overall like sets and location and stuff, um, I think that helped a lot. And so um, most of the CGI was fine, though. Most of the CGI was fine, passable. And then there were a couple of moments where you were like, yeah. Alrighty, righty. says, this year's Raven Awards, best film, Prey, biggest shill, John Campion, biggest NBC, Frost, best one-liners were, we're both like little children. Oh my goodness, yes. People need to come out in droves when we do the nominations later uh, in the year for the Wednesday Raven Awards uh, for best one-liner, and they need to come out in droves to have that one line from the Elvis trailer. We're both like little children. I agree, Hannibal Grimm. It's so much fun. It is such a fun, fun movie. Stephanie B, thank you for the gift of the movie of my pops. No problem at all, Stephanie B. Thank you for me already. Last stream. Uh, you're welcome again. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Geek Tree says, I liked Prey. Just had issues with the final act. Hard to explain with nuance in less than 200 words, so it's not going to come across correctly, but the movie was so good nonetheless. Yeah, again, I thought the movie was fine. Uh, third act, again, I think that's a correct, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Third act is fine, and I feel like that's kind of like, the way it works is that you're like, okay, when you eventually get to the point where you have to kill the unbeatable or seemingly unbeatable monster, it's not going to be perfect. You know, even in the better Predator movies. Uh, Kalia actually really likes the Predator 2018. Doesn't understand the hate it gets. Again, I like it for very different reasons. Hardwick says, I don't... C- Hardwick, I don't care. I don't care what the exact line is. I don't care what the exact line is. It's a joke. It's a joke on the channel now. All right? It's a joke on the channel. Stop taking everything so seriously. Jake and Buck. The Mandarin twist revealed Iron Man made my little sister mad. She cursed at the screen. She thought it was the biggest ripoff since sociology decrease. <laughs> As I said, I completely respect anyone that hates Iron Man 3 because of it deviating from the comics. Just like I understand and respect anyone who dislikes things like Thor Ragnarok, for instance. Right, because I think that having the comics uh, position makes a lot of sense to me. Um, however, doesn't change the fact that I enjoy them for what they are. So let's ask this: How about the yellow? How about the shill Kevin Smith going at Yellow Flash? Um, I think anyone trying to go at Yellow Flash is is so stupid to do so. Geek Truth says props for the bad lip reading of Star Wars reference. Those darn seagulls. Yes, uh, uh, it's not only hilarious; it's also my uh, my son enjoys it a lot as well. Uh, because he's big into Star Wars now, and especially in, into that. And that's a great, great song. Run, 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 jump. I could be a backpack while you run. All right. And with that, I am caught up with the chat with about four minutes to go. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to do something random. It was one thing I was planning on doing, so that's why I was hoping to catch up with the chat. We're going to go ahead and do – it's an international giveaway, international giveaway. And I've got uh, four movies, so it'll be uh, – 
it'll be uh, uh, whoever wins first gets to choose what what they want. So the films up for grabs, international, ship anywhere in the world, uh, are Kingdom of Heaven, the ultimate edition on Blu-ray. So this includes the director's cut, which is one of the best director's cuts out there. Uh, A film called Margin Call, really, really good film. It deals with the financial crisis a little bit, but it does so in, I would say, a non-political way. And it's just really good. It's really, if you've never seen this film, it's it's fantastic. It, it has a great cast, too. Uh, even though some of these people may not be as great anymore uh, because of personal things. But Kevin Spacey, Paul Bettany, Jeremy Irons, Zachary Quinto, Penn Badgley, Simon Baker, Mary McConnell with Demi Moore and Stanley Tucci. Uh, but it's a, it's a phenomenal movie. So that's up for grabs as well. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Not the best of the Guardians films, but hey. For those that want it in their collection or want to have it, it's available. And then this film, which I've never seen and don't have much interest in, but I think there might be some people who are interested in it. It's called Heavy Metal. All right, so those are the options that are available. And let's go ahead and get the bot up and running. And uh, this will be your entering in for all of them. All right, and then I'll just pick off. Uh, I'll pick off the uh, four winners from those that enter in. So uh, let's see here. It's going to be a ticket cost of 50. Max tickets is 100. And uh, let's go ahead and open up that giveaway. It's a YouTube exclusive giveaway. So only on YouTube. Uh, apologies to my Odyssey or DLive fam, but that's just the way it goes. So um, if you want to enter into this giveaway, the way that it works, if you follow the instructions from Heimdall, is you put enter exclamation point and then you put in the number of tickets that you want to uh, put in for the giveaway, right? So what you have, as you watch the stream, look at what Keck44 just did, as you can see. That is how you enter in, all right? So you have the ability, as you watch the streams, you actually accrue Digital cookies, that's the currency of the channel. So every time you watch the stream, you gain digital cookies. There's a set rate for it. The chat bot keeps track of how long you've watched for. So you can check the number of cookies that you have by doing what the others do, right? Doing the exclamation point cookies tells you how many cookies that you have. But if you want to enter into it, you put enter exclamation point, a space, and then the number of tickets that you want to actually buy. And so for this giveaway... And again, this is for, uh, we're just going to do all of them at once. So I'll pick the winners from the ones who enter in. Uh, The max number of tickets you can get is 100. Uh, It's 50 digital cookies per ticket. So if you did what Fred Fargo did, for instance, he bought one ticket, which cost him 50 digital cookies. So since some people are new to this, Uh, I will have those that are experts who have done this before. If anyone needs explanations or is confused, please, uh, out of the charity of your heart, if you could explain it to them, that would be awesome. Um, But again, if you usually follow what the other people are doing, you're usually in a pretty good shape. Right now, I can say this. Keck44 has got one ticket. Hannibal Grimm has 50. General Wingster has 100. Mike Jackson has 25. Hardwick has 100. David L. has 25. Forever Sci-Fi has 50. Hound 3000 has 60. Physics Channel Kenny Lee has one. Bruce has 100. Leslie Tharkin has 100. J.K.D. Buck has two. So, as I uh, said, as I said, 
Those are the ones who have entered in at this point. Mr. Roy is in for 100. Mr. Roy is in for 100 tickets. Uh, you do have to be a regular on the channel to be able to enter in. Um, that just means I think just two hours is what I have that set at. So if you've watched the stream, all streams, by the way, it's if you've been watching my channel, uh, the stream specifically, um, for a, a complete time of two hours, you're considered a regular, so it'll count your tickets. Just keep in mind, though, that you need to have the number of digital cookies needed to get it, right? So let's say that you've accrued 200 digital cookies over the time that you've watched the channel. And again, it only counts live streams because the bot's only active during live streams. Um, let's say that you decide to get 50, 100, 150, 200. You can get four tickets then. All right, you can get four tickets then if that is the case. Yeah, you have to be a regular though. You have to be a regular. And again, regular isn't really a high bar. Again, two total hours of watch time, that's 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 nothing. That's nothing. So I'm going to keep it open just for another minute or so. Just for another minute or so. And this is how I try to uh, award and uh, thank people who've watched the channel because people who watch the channel, who support, you don't have to donate to support me just by watching, just by dedicating your time. Again, one of the most precious things that you can give um, is, is, a way that, uh, is a way that you're able to support me. And so this is my little, little way of, of being able to support. Yeah, so if this is only like maybe your first stream or fourth stream, you might not have a lot of time. You'll notice that when people do their cookie towns, see Robert Frey, for instance, let me, let me pull up Robert Frey right here. So he checked his cookie count. He's been watching for a total of 211.42 hours. That's over the entire course of how long he's watched the channel. And so he has 120,000 digital cookies. 120,000 digital cookies. So, uh, but Mr. Roy, this is, this is how you would enter if you wanted to buy 100 tickets. JKD Buck shows you how if you wanted to buy two tickets. Again, this is uh, 50 it's 50 cookies, which is our currency, per ticket. You might have to do a little bit of math there. All right, we're about to close it, though, in just a little bit. Just about to close it in a little bit. Uh, yeah, we got some Legends of Asgard now. Uh, you, have to, you, have to be, you have to be a long... Look at this one. Orange Hat, shout out to you, good sir. Longtime supporter, very passionate supporter, He's a legend of Asgard with 382 watch hours, 206,000 digital cookies. G-Man's like, I have no idea what's going on right now. And that's why I always love the giveaways, because people get very, very confused. So, all right. We're going to go ahead and cut things off in uh, the next couple of seconds. So, again, I, I've, I've left it open. And don't worry, we'll, we'll do giveaways again in the future. And uh, the best way to, to build up your cookie count is to uh, tune in every Tuesday and Saturday and to uh, watch, watch the streams and watch the streams live. Because, again, the bots are only active live, uh, and that's how it works. And, again, apologies over to the Odyssey fam, uh, but the bot only works with YouTube at the moment. All right, so we're going to close the ability to enter in for the giveaway in three, two, and... 
one. All right. So the giveaway is now closed. No more entries. You cannot change this, as Heindal is telling everybody. So I'm going to choose four winners. The first winner gets their pick, gets first dibs. All right. Um, and uh, I'll make sure to write it down. When you are chosen as a winner, what you're asked to do is email me, odinsmovieblog at gmail.com, unless you have access to me through... So let's say you win, but maybe you have, you're on the Discord server and you've DM'd me before. That would be a completely valid way before. Let's say this is your first win. Email might be the best way to contact me, but the best way, again, in general, is you know email or direct message of some kind. Again, this is uh, email is odinsmovieblog.gmail.com. So if you happen to win... Um, and that way you can send me the shipping information. So I will ship these anywhere in the world. Bruce is a legend. 393. He's getting close to 400 watch hours. Dang. All right. So let's go ahead then and pick our first winner. The first winner is Bruce. Bruce, claim your prize. Good, sir. Claim your prize. Claim your prize. So the options are Heavy Metal on Blu-ray, Guardians Volume 2 on Blu-ray, Margin Call on Blu-ray, and Kingdom of Heaven, the Ultimate Edition. So congrats to Bruce. Claim your prize and let me know which one you would like to claim. And I believe you are on the Discord, so you can DM me just to confirm shipping. But congratulations to Bruce who is a legend in more ways than one. So, again, Bruce, just let me know which movie you want. That way I can mark it down. Bruce, take it forever, of course. Um, <laughs> Bruce, is, Bruce, you, <laughs> I got the good vibes. You still need to send me... You, just, you need to tell me what movie you want so I can scratch it off. Kingdom of Heaven. There we go. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> All right. So Kingdom of Heaven has been claimed. Kingdom of Heaven has been claimed. All right. So let's pick our next winner. Our next winner is General Wingster, the king troll himself. General Wingster, claim your prize. Uh, the options you have now are Margin Call on Blu-ray. As I said, fantastic film. Guardians Volume 2. Not as good as Volume 1, but hey, it's got some fun to it. And then uh, Heavy Metal, which has the um, <laughs> has the subline, Sex, Crime, and Rock and Roll. <laughs> anyway. Jonah Winkster, claim your prize. Good sir. Which one would you want? Of the ones that are available. Let us see here. Uh, Bruce, uh, the reason why I, I, was, I was like, hey, blah, 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 uh, is because there is a delay. And so that's, pre- that's probably why for me it felt like forever. Uh, now I win the Zero Wingster. I won a kingdom. I'll take heavy metal. Well, hey, you will have heavy metal and you will enjoy it. You will enjoy it. <laughs> hey, you're getting a free movie. Think of it that way, General Wingster. You're, giving, you're getting a free movie, all right? All right, so let's go ahead and pick our third winner. Uh, our third winner is Leslie Tharkin. Oh, man, first-time entrant, Leslie Tharkin. 
Leslie Darkin. All right, your options are Guardians Volume 2 and Margin Call. Again, definitely recommend it. A great, great drama. I was actually looking up YouTube clips, uh, scenes from this movie the other day, and it really is phenomenally made If uh, for those that have never seen it before. So anyway, Leslie Tharkin, claim your prize. Rob D. joked, uh, it'll be giving away Captain Marvel for the next movie. No, I try to give away, again, I try to give away, you know, either good movies or movies that are well worth it. Leslie Darkin says, I'll take uh, Guardians Volume 2. Haven't seen it yet. You got it. You got it. All right. That means that our last winner will get Margin Call. And as I said, it is a really, 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 really good movie. All right? So... I don't know why people have just... They don't seem to be believing me right now. But there must be a chat delay. Yeah, exactly, exactly, Bruce. There is a chat delay. I don't know exactly how long it is. Also, depending on the platform you're on, there's also a delay there, too. All right. And our final winner is Forever Sci-Fi. Forever Sci-Fi. Since there is only one film left. Basically, unless you already own the movie or... Um, have seen it and don't like it, uh, you get margin call. So would you, um, would you like me to send you margin call? Again, if you've never seen it before, boom, he says, I'll take it. I hope that you enjoy it. When you get it and watch it, please let me know in the chat and uh, let me know your thoughts about it. Because again, I think it's a really, really good drama with a really good cast. And they're able to deal with a situation uh, that you that they could have gone political with, but they didn't. So, anyway. Congratulations to our four winners. So, again, if you are available to contact me uh, on the Discord, if you already are on the Discord, you can DM me there. Um, again, because you should already know how to do that. If you don't have that way of contacting me, you can contact me on Twitter. Email works to odinsmovieblog at gmail.com. And all I need is just your shipping information, so that way I know where to send it. Anyway, so, thank you all very much for being here. I do that every now and then. I haven't done as as often recently, uh, but let's just say, uh, much thanks to the incredible generosity, the incredible generosity of Jace Doe. I've got a ton of movies that I either, I either already own or I know would be much happier in other, in other homes, all right? So... Uh, we should definitely be having some more giveaways in the future, and I will always have good movies uh, available, of course. Um, maybe every now and then there will be the troll movie, but um, hey, it is what it is at that point. So uh, that's going to be it, though, for the giveaway, and I want to say thank you to everyone who's watched. Please make sure that you smash that like button, lap that fire button before you head out. Seriously, it does mean a lot for those that have dedicated their uh, their time. And again, to see so many legends, it's Odin's movie blog at gmail.com is the email. Um, you can find that also listed in the top link of the video description. It will bring you to my link tree. My email is listed there as well as other social media sites and the Discord server too. So got all those options for you anyway shout out to the aussie fam d fam thank you also very much for being here and to the youtube fam you guys are great 
amazing, beautiful people. I'll see you hopefully on Friday Night Sights this week. Hopefully see you over there on Friday Night Sights. And if not, see you for the Saturday stream, which uh, at this point we are planning to do a Chosen of Valhalla stream this Saturday. That means the stream will be from 12 to 3. And that means there will likely not be there will likely will not be an evening stream Saturday, um, because when I do the twelve to three chosen streams, I tend to need some rest after. So, so this Saturday is right now the plan to do a twelve to three chosen stream, and it seems like most of the chosen are fine with that time. Um, and so, yeah, I'll give you all more information about that on social media as we get closer to it as well. Anyway, thank you all so very much for being in the chat, everybody. You guys are all great. Make sure you tip your Valkyries on the way out. Tina and Steph, thank you so much. Laura, the modern major general, thank you as well for being here. Anyway, you guys are all amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your evening, everybody. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my Keeper of the Bifrost and Chosen of Valhalla members over on Patreon, Subscribestar, and Locals. Starting off with my Patreon supporters, we got Chris from the 80s, who you can check out on YouTube, Garrett Searles, Hymir Irie Hymason, Jeff Toon, Joe Horn, Jonathan Carney, Laura, the Modern Major General Story, Father Luca Illick, Orange Hat Reviews, who you can also check out on YouTube, Rosetta Allen, whose YouTube channel's name is Eagle Rider, Stan Andre. Miss Martin Muses, who also has a YouTube channel, and the Empress of the Universe, Tina B, who you can check out on her show that she does with the amazing Stephanie B, my Valkyrie, uh, on a show called Soup to Nuts on Tina B's channel. Also, to my subscribe star peeps, we got Matt317, who you can support over on Twitch, same name, Storm Tracker, The R, Fast Reaction, Mr. Roy, J Rod, The Beer Guru, and ZK Man, who you can support over at xtheboundaries.co. And lastly, to my locals, members. We got Miss Minnesota Hockey Fan. How about a hockey player? We have UAB Mad Dog Mike Jackson for the win. Brett D90 and Robert Barnes, who most people should know about at this point. So go support him over at InfoWars uh, YouTube and all the other locations that he is at. But if you want your name shout out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out that top link in the video description. Finds out all the places that you can follow me on social media and also all the various platforms you can support the channel, which include not only shout outs, but also access to giveaways of 4K titles, Blu-rays, uh, tons of other stuff uh, like that, digital codes, and then also uh, a way to get access to being featured on the channel once a month for the Chosen of Valhalla live stream. We're talking about movies, pop culture, and pretty much anything the Chosen want to talk about. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, check out the video description. There's also a access to a podcast that I do with John the Flick Pick Flickinger once or twice a month. And don't worry if you were wondering where the July episode is because of scheduling conflicts, especially with John. We were not able to get that done, but we will have two episodes this month to make up for it. So don't you worry about that. Anyway, you guys are all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always... God bless.